money count on. Cash on me. Shotty blow my phone. All right. Hey, welcome to Barbershop Not Talk Podcast. This is a podcast where the topics are determined by the conversation in the barbershop on Saturday. That's right. If you talked about it on Saturday, we're going to talk about it today on our podcast. Well, hello. My name is Jay Rod, and I am your host. I am in Out the Way Studio in Indianapolis, Indiana, also known as Napcap. And I am joined with my co-host, AC. Thank you, Jay Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Out the Way Studio. I look forward to presenting topics we discuss in the shop as well as the manner in which we discuss them. This one includes the gamut from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun, all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of Barbershop Talk. Putting <laughs> your hands in a sticky situation. <laughs> hey, AJ hey, Rod, I, I'm gonna have to jump up front here. I know you like that payday we just got. That's right. Okay, well, I gotta explain something on that. All right, what you got? Okay, so we had this uh, advertiser that approached. Us, all okay, right? all right. And apparently, he had difficulty uh, running his ad on other venues. Oh boy! And someone told him that we were pretty liberal. Uh, in terms of uh, ads that we would uh, promote. All right. And he was saying that the issues that he did have trying to get approved on other uh, venues, he did straighten out. Oh, good. And he presented us that money. It was the biggest paycheck we got so far. Uh-oh. So I said, not only are we going to play you, we're going to play you before we do anything else on this show. <laughs> and, we, and look, I done spent my portion. Uh-oh. So we got to do it. Uh-oh. And you know something, Casey? I'm not going to get my portion back. Okay. <laughs> so we we ready to play this. All right. All right. Let's see what man has to say. We use only the finest cocoa beans, handpicked by farmers whom we are proud to no longer be legally required to call slaves because they're technically paid now. Sure, it's only about $300 per year in an industry worth hundreds of billions annually. And also, yeah, we still use actual slavery on cocoa plantations wow. sometimes. But the courts decided that that is technically not our problem. Oh boy! I, I might have to give my portion back, J. Rod. <laughs> uh, Arthur's supposed to screen these things. We don't get an opportunity to screen them, but Arthur's supposed to screen these well, things. I know, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur. What do you have to say about this? The views expressed by the advertiser does not represent the views of Barbershop Talk or its host, J. Rod and Casey. In other words, don't come to us for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I guess case closed. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, my goodness, boy, he had to explain. Whoa, I can understand why he had difficulty playing on. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't know. I did not know that was coming. No, okay, that blew my mind. That blew my mind right there. Whoa, man, I mean, he was just whitewashing the real deal there. <laughs> oh, he really was. That's right. You know something? That is what I think the problem with society is today. Is that they always wash or whitewashing or camouflaging the true message or the true meaning, uh, and I think we do that a lot. Yeah, I, I really think that it's another thing that we do too, Casey. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, a lot of times people hide behind the Bible. 
Oh, yeah, I think they do. In fact, I think I have this uh, uh, an explanation, or this this lady was telling us how her mother always hide behind what is said in the Bible, and she got tired of it and quoted something back in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So this is the reaction of the whole conversation. More from conversations with my mom. So after she said that if she could just vote on the one issue, she would vote to make gay marriage illegal because of the Bible. I said, you know, it also says in the Bible that rich people aren't going to heaven either. You know what she said? No, it doesn't. I, as an atheist, quoted the Bible at my Christian mother. It literally says it is easier for a camel to make it through the eye of a needle. So impossible than a rich person to make it to the kingdom of heaven. And her face was so easy to read. It was like, does not align, will not compute. And she goes, well, I can only worry about myself. Are you kidding me? I was just like a psychopath laughing at this point. Because how else do you respond to that? And then I said, yeah, exactly. The mentality of just worry about myself. Let's not worry about anyone else. Poor people, fuck them. People dying because they can't afford medical care, fuck them. People pregnant with rapist babies and are going to die from staying pregnant. They can handle it because I'm just worrying about myself. Unless, of course, I think what they're doing is gross. And I'm going to point to the Bible to get my way. I still need a part three. More. Wow. Wow. Damn. <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. You know, that, that, happens, that happens a lot when people try to hide behind certain sections of the Bible. Yes. To justify their behavior. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. But, uh, but you know what, Casey? Uh-huh. I'll tell you something else I don't like. What's that? I don't like when when I hear people say, "Thank you, Jesus." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you don't know, like when they say "Thank you, Jesus." Mm-mm, I I do not. I do not. Now, now, there's nothing wrong saying "Thank you, Jesus." Oh, okay. okay. It's just the situation that they thanking Jesus for. No damn good will Jesus had nothing to do with. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> talk, talk to me. Yeah. Or, yeah. or since okay. we going that route. Yeah. Preach, yeah. brother. Preach. All right. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. This is one day that uh, uh, my spouse and I, they had this little barn grill in this area, not far from where we live, right? So we went there, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of uh, TVs, and we were sitting at this booth that uh, we can see across the room, right? And we see it as another booth that it was a, a man and a younger woman in that booth. And um, all of a sudden, this lady just busted through the door and said, where is he at? And she started looking around. I'm like, oh, my. Now, this man that we was looking at across the room, in the book, he started squinching down, you know, uh-huh. trying to get out get out of sight. <laughs> yeah. And so the lady, lady looked around. I guess she didn't see anything she wanted, so she left the bar. And that man said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Saving me in my moment of adultery. <laughs> <laughs> God had nothing to do with that. <laughs> see, that's what I mean, Casey. When people are, are use that term or phrase, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, they 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 misappropriate. Yeah, they misappropriate. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they do it often. Very often, very often. In fact, I'll tell you another one. Uh-huh. Another one happened on my job. I mean, you know, having a, a job outside of barbershop.com. Yeah. And now my, our listeners may be able to relate to this, you know, because during the school year, mm-hmm. is that uh, when you gotta have school supplies. 
and you go into your office supply closet, they got a lot of pens and pencils. (laughs) (laughs) So you might you might take a few to fulfill your obligation. (laughs) Saying that they got a lot of pencil papers too, a lot of pencil pads, legal pads. So you know, just help yourself. Help yourself. So anyway, (laughs) one time, uh, the director came to us and said, "Hey, we have a problem." We notice items are missing out of the supply closet. We're going to do an investigation, and there may be some discipline action. We do have a camera on the storage room, and after we review it, we'll come back. We have another meeting. Oh, yeah, that was pretty scary. Because I'm gonna tell you, two days later they came back, had this meeting, uh-huh. and the director said, "Well, nothing's going to become of this investigation because the cameras malfunctioned and we couldn't get anything." And then the person sitting beside me leaned over and said. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem wasn't the pencils and the pens. Why do you take the fax machine and the copy? <laughs> <laughs> that was not on the school supply list. <laughs> so, so people always, 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 I'm telling you, hiding behind something. Yeah. Now, my cousin Leroy. Okay, tell me about Leroy. I, I love him to death. But one time, man, he was straight up hiding behind the bike. Oh my goodness, tell me about that. Okay, so he was in the liquor store and he tried to rob him. Uh oh. And the person that worked there pulled out a gun. Uh oh. And there was some uh, ladies outside protesting about the liquor store in the neighborhood and they had a big Bible. Mm-hmm. And the guy was shooting at him and he grabbed the lady's Bible and put it in front of him. <laughs> he was hiding behind the Bible. <laughs> oh, oh, if you tell me he said this, I will die. Did he say, thank you, Jesus? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> All right, I, now, I know we're making a lot of uh, things at the church. But, you know, that's not the only thing I, I, I noticed about some churches, right? Mm-hmm. The, the way that they spend their money. Yeah. I, I, it's just it, it is it's very very questionable or the timing is very very bad in fact here's a clip uh from a lady from church that's talking about her experience she used to work for the church and she didn't get paid mm. and then or paid for a couple months right and then this has been happening i'm gonna see if i can uh pull up but she was very avid of talking about this this is a cautionary tale from a former church leader who worked for a prosperity mega church and was not paid her salary for months these are her own words I used to work for the church that I belonged to and I was married to the pastor's son. So um, six days, sometimes seven, because I did Girl Scouts uh, leadership with them too. So sometimes seven days a week I was there. Finance ministry leader gets up there and says, we have been saving all year to get this gift for pastor, okay? So they live feed out to the church parking lot. They bought pastor a brand new truck, cash, so they wouldn't have no note, paid the insurance on it for a year, and bought them a $1,000 gas car. When I tell you my mouth was on the floor, I hadn't been paid in months. And here go the finance ministry talking about we can, we've been saving all year to buy this new car for pastor. This is why I speak up. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, man. And, and here's the thing. Prosperity mega church. That's these churches that preaches prosperity. How you can have heaven on earth. <laughs> earth is not heaven. So Ooh, you know. Boy. So you know it's it's a fallacy to begin with. And 
like in the previous um, video, mm -hmm. the, the lady pointed out the passage where it's easier uh, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle yes. than a rich person to make it in the church. Mm -hmm. Well, all these rich mega pastors ain't going to heaven. You dang straight about that. Well, they, they like your comment there, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> they like your comment. <laughs> All right, you know something? Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm going to jump off the church wagon for right now. All right. I can come back with this. You know, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to, I think it's a good time to take a break here. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to ask that the King Cat go ahead and do your do and start our break off right. King Cat. Uh, he also owns his studio, Out of the Way Studio, and allowed us to use it every Tuesday to do our podcast. He's very proud of his organization, and the one that he's proud of the most is his custom-made t-shirt and apparel business. That's right. If you want any type of apparel, if you want a t-shirt, if you want to customize some hoodies, uh, pants, hats, masks, he can do it. That's all you got to do is email him at KingCap, and that's King K-I-N-G, Cap, with a capital K, K-A-P, 317 at gmail.com. Now, also, we must recognize our second sponsor, and that is 421 Barbershop, where good things happen to your hair. It is located on Michigan Road in Indianapolis, Indiana. So if you want something good to happen to your hair, come and visit one of our master barbers at 421 Barbershop. Go and get money with you on a Sunday, any given day, and a sundress a nigga couldn't wait. His, his lyrics be cut. Oh man, I, I'm digging that man. I'm digging that yeah. King Cat. Yeah, I, I do. Also, I think you mentioned on a couple of our podcasts that he also does live performances. Yes. At the, any events, birthday parties, or etc. And if you want to uh, indulge in any of his services, go ahead and go ahead and email him at kingcat317 at gmail.com. Book him and get turned up. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, you know something? I, I, I want to jump back on what we was talking about, how uh, certain narratives are changed, changed mm -hmm. from message. Yes. And it depends on who's trying to deliver that message. And I think that they try to whitewash uh, history. Because I've been, you know, I have to tell you, Casey, I was a, a major history guy in high school. Matter of fact, history was my favorite subject. And I had straight A's in history. Mm -hmm. And I used to tutor other students to allow them to pass the test. And now I realize that I was just feeding them a bunch of lies. He was giving them his story. That's right, his story. <laughs> and if you don't know what his story means, I mean, history is who's ever creating the story. It's his story all right so so with that now we did talk about this in the barbershop too and they did talk about a couple mm -hmm. of areas where they felt that the history was all wrong and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say the first one down here and, and you was in the conversation so you might wrote down 
history too. But here's the first mm-hmm. one: is that you may have heard Obama was the first black president of the United States, but that is wrong. It is April. It was Abraham Lincoln. That's right, Abraham Lincoln. I thought it was Bill Clinton. No, <laughs> he was close. He was close. He played a sax and everything. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But no, you know, now we had a we did a podcast on this. I want to say about a year ago, so yeah. people can go back and look at our episode about Abraham Lincoln, the first black president, to find out some of the supporting things that we said about that. But here's a couple of things that that we did to support that. One mm-hmm. is that Abraham Lincoln, longtime uh, partner at his law firm, also said in public that Abraham Lincoln was black. Also, he claimed uh, he called a lady aunt, like auntie. This is my aunt, and that person had to be black. Then, also, if you look at the description of Abraham Lincoln, they always talk about that his his uh, skin tone was very dark. It was dark complected, uh, uh, and also his hair was very curly. But you and I both know the characteristics <laughs> of being black. So that's one of the things they talked about in the shop. Is that again? And History. they also said that he had to use a magnum. <laughs> <laughs> well, that alone would prove that he was black. <laughs> but they had magnum back then. <laughs> if they did, he had to use them. <laughs> okay, all right. Did, did you write down anything from the shop that uh, uh, was kind of fabricated in history? Uh, well, yeah, I do. Okay. All right. So... You know, they're talking about how sometimes there's a lot of tension between uh, Mexicans and blacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always that way. Hmm. It wasn't. Because long ago, Texas used to be part of Mexico. Okay. And the Mexican president, uh, when he, a lot of white settlers, was, American settlers was coming in there with slaves, mm-hmm. abolished slavery. He said, uh-uh. These, these brothers ain't going to be slaves up in my land, right? <laughs> but they whitewashed that whole thing about remember the Alamo. Oh. And they want you to remember something totally fictitious. It's like, no, let's learn about the Alamo. You know, that's a good point. You know, because I, you know, I remember them talking about the Alamo. So, Arthur, I'm going to have to ask you to help us. Now, if our listeners have been listening to our podcast for a while, you realize that Arthur is our artificial intelligence, and he likes to validate facts for us or do some research or homework for us. So, Arthur, with that being said, uh, we want you, what is the history books, the United States history books, is saying about the Battle of uh, the Alamo? The Battle of the Alamo during Texas War for Independence from Mexico lasted 13 days, from February 23, 1836 to March 6. 1836. In December of 1835, a group of Texan volunteer soldiers had occupied the Alamo, a former Franciscan mission located near the present-day city of San Antonio. For Texans, the Battle of the Alamo became an enduring symbol of their resistance to oppression and their struggle for independence, which they won later that year. The battle cry of Remember the Alamo later became popular during the Mexican-American War of 1846 to 1848. All right. Now, if I I understand you correct, Arthur, what you're saying is that the Alamo, the the Battle of the Alamo Alamo was a symbol of resistance to oppression and their struggle for independence. That's what I'm hearing, right? 
Mm-hmm. All right, Arthur, I want you to dig a little bit deeper. What is the actual facts about the Alamite? Why? What, what, what caused it? What was it all about? It was because of slavery that was the driving issue in the showdown at the Alamo. Mexico attempted to end slavery contrasted with the hopes of many white settlers in Texas at the time who moved to the region to farm cotton. Slavery was illegal in Mexico. Many settlers were afraid the Mexicans would not let them keep their slaves. Oh my goodness. Now the truth comes out. The truth really comes out. Yes. Is that, in, in fact, is that it was all about slavery. Just yes. like the Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. So When they whitewashed that too. To make it seem like it was a, a struggle for independence. Yes. Wow. Yeah, they fought for the right to to oppress other people and keep them slaves. That is some. Uh oh, Arthur's. Oh, 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 look, Arthur said he found the clip, and this clip is actually about a Caucasian lady have a snippet of how see she did act, see the uh, history, but then there's a Mexican guy who studied the history in his country, okay. and he's telling the truth about what it's all about. So let's hear that. That thing's intriguing. The Goliad Massacre, in which 342 Texans were executed by firing squad at the orders of Mexican dictator Santa Ana. Did she just say Mexican dictator Santa Ana? Poor thing. It's not her fault. Bless her. That is what we're taught here in Texas public school. We are taught the Anglo heroic myth. But in reality, however, that is not the truth. The Anglo heroic myth about Texas history is very simplified. Brown Mexican equals bad, white American equals good. Now let's come back to reality and find out the truth about Texas history and the Goliad Massacre. All right, we're going to take you back to 1829 when Mexico's second president, right there, Vicente Guerrero, the first black president in North America, abolished slavery in 1829. We were definitely never taught this in Texas. All right, the Texans never accepted this abolition of slavery because their primary primary way they made money was based off of cotton. We all know that. Fast forward a few years with Santa Ana is in power. Santa Ana's government was still a very abolitionist government. And the issues and problems with Texas had increased by the time he was in office. All right. During this time, lots of Americans were illegally bringing slaves into Texas, which was part of Mexico. And a lot of these Americans were illegally coming over themselves. So we had foreigners coming in and the total disregard for the rule of law of Mexico. After years or decades of breaking the law, Santana said, said enough is enough. He had to put down the insurrection. He tried to work it out diplomatically with Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin, the father of Texas, uh, went on several trips to Mexico City. He even tried to get the Texas rebels, the insurrectionists, to calm down, but eventually... They stopped listening to him as well. He was kind of the voice of reason there for a little while. All right, so on his mission to get the Texas insurrectionists in check, he was also, while he was there, he was going to go feed the slaves, which brings us up to the Battle of Alamo, and the Goliad Massacre was three weeks later. That's a shortened version. So, yes, you heard her call Santa Ana the dictator, just as they call Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War a war of northern aggression. In reality, at the end of the day, Texas is the only state to succeed and rebel against two different countries to protect the institution of slavery. Santa Ana was the first one to get a taste of what Abraham Lincoln and the Union would get from the Confederacy 30 years later. We think of the Texas Revolution as a prequel to the Civil War. 
Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, there's that, that key component. Here's some things that, that they said I just want to make some highlights about. Mm -hmm. One is that these, these so-called settlers mm -hmm. disregarded the law of the land. Now, it seems like to me that's kind of what they're doing today. When I, when I look at TV about the January 6th committee mm -hmm. investigating what happened, is that they feel they don't have to respond to the subpoena. Yeah. You know, they don't have to follow the law. So I happened to pick that up and notice that it's still going on today. And then they said they was transporting slaves through Mexico, knowing that the law is that it is not there. And the final thing I want to talk about is that while they was going up to the Alamo, they, and their plans was to free any captive slaves. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And also that President Santana was actually a black Mexican. That is correct. And so he was actually the first black president in the uh, Northern uh, Americas. Ooh, you know, so that means we, okay, I, I like that. I did, because now I'm counting up three now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm up to three. I'm up to <laughs> him, Abraham Lincoln, Bill Clinton, oh, uh, well, and then Obama. I, Okay, three point five. Three point five. All right, three point five. But coming back to this, this is some serious stuff. But mm -hmm. I did not realize that the Alamo was really that was the real reason for it. Right. It, and, and in fact, when I was traveling, and when I was in the, uh, when I was traveling down to Texas, and uh, it had just happened to come up in conversation in general. Man, they have a lot of pride about the Alamo. We stood up, you know. Uh, what they talk about, uh, we resisted oppression. And we wanted our independence. And to realize that is just one big fat untruth. Yeah. First of all, they weren't even Mexican. They were white American settlers that was bringing slaves over there because all that land and they was using them to, you know, for their cotton industry and violating the law. Many of them uh, entered the country illegally to begin with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but that was okay. And now when the Mexicans want to come in here illegally, hey, we can't have that. Absolutely. That is amazing to me. That is amazing. It's just something I did not know. And to just support uh, history, the telling of his story. Right. Don't take our word for it. Look it up for yourself. Oh, I agree with that 100%. You know, I've seen another, um, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but it still deals with history. Mm -hmm. uh, I found a clip of a history fact. This was history. Yeah. Um, that ingrain uh, a little bit of racism. Mm -hmm. What it comes down to is that a lot of our history is, 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 is a lot of our history or some of the structures of society was built to reinforce or maintain racism or, or create a disadvantage for another group, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And this little story here demonstrates that. Something as small as we're about to see an ice cream cone demonstrates Let's see if we can play this real quick. For today's Black History Fact, we're going to learn about vanilla ice cream. What does vanilla ice cream have to do with Black History? Let's talk about it. In an article in The Guardian written by Michael Twitty, he writes that a result of legalized racism in America was the unwritten rule that taught kids about a segregated society. It was by custom, not by law, that African Americans in the Jim Crow South were not allowed to eat vanilla ice cream in public except for on the 4th of July. 
Don't believe Mr. Twitty? Look no further than two very famous authors. Maya Angelou wrote about this in her book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And she wrote, I quote, that people in stamps used to say that whites in our town were so prejudiced that a Negro could not buy vanilla ice cream except for on the 4th of July. Other days, he had to be satisfied with chocolate. The late poet Audre Lorde also wrote about this in her book called Zammy. She wrote that her parents wanted to treat her to vanilla ice cream at a soda shop in Washington, D.C., but the waitress refused them service. Lord wrote saying that the waitress was white, the counter was white, and the ice cream that I never ate in Washington, D.C. that summer that I left childhood was white. Sad but true, folks, that in America, in the Jim Crow South, people were so racist that African-American people couldn't even eat vanilla ice cream because it was white. Ain't that some shit? If you like learning Black History Facts, hit that follow button, go back and watch my other videos, share this information with someone else, and as always, make it a great day, TikTok. Wow, that wow. was a thing. You know something, I'm just going to close with that, and I'm just going to turn over to you to close it and just remind our people, go ahead and educate yourself. That was some intriguing facts. All right, first of all, I want to say this. I like chocolate ice cream anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast, Barbershop.talk. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platform. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, Go, go Ma! Ma. I bet money count on cash on me.